Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast from dynastyleaguefootball.com and the dlf family a podcast that star healing Ethan Turner, Dr. Ethan Turner. Hey, did you guys know that Jacob Eason is a Titan? You heard it here first on the Super Show. That's Meatloaf Wildcat, Brian Haar. No, he ain't a Titan. No, he's a stellar. Man, he always throws me off when he goes yins. And it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD, John Hoga, Super Flex dude, and this is the Super Flex Super Show! Did I get away with uh, with using that intro this time uh, in, with, uh, with this crew? The SFD? Well, I was yeah. part of the first crew with that. That's right. And, yeah, it was, it was good. It, it goes along with all of our pre-show conversation tonight. So. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's true. You you do know you're with the two, probably the two biggest wrestling fans on the show. So yes. it's yeah. absolutely James, acceptable. I like, appreciate the reference. Nice. Yeah. God, we got a bunch of, our whole crew is like re- into wrestling. I think I you don't know, know stomped into it. I've Although he wears singlets. So. I've learned that professional wrestling and fantasy football kind of go hand in hand. There are quite yes. a few like, People that I've just mentioned casually wrestling to, and they're like, What did you just say to me? I'm the biggest wrestling nerd you've ever met. And I'm like, uh, mm, I'm pretty sure I'm the biggest wrestling nerd you've ever met. And they're like, Really? And I'm like, Yes. And then we talk about it for half an hour, and nobody talks about it. But this is always after the football talks. So we talk about football. And then I get, I have so many friends that I can now talk about wrestling to. It's kind of great. Yeah. And those, com- those conversations always like are, are back and forth in catchphrases too. Absolutely. Like yeah. wrestling catchphrases. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is great. <laughs> but times. this is a football show. So we should probably talk about football or everyone's going to leave. That's right. Good idea. And if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. So, that's QB tears. Quarterback tears. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's how it's done. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we would, uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of house cleaning, I suppose. Uh, first of all, yeah, Jacob Eason, we're all very well aware, is an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, every member of the Superflex Super Show is well aware of that. Yes, for anyone who doesn't get the reference, uh, last week James and I were talking, or James was talking. He said something about Jacob Eason being a Tennessee Titan. I did not correct him. I didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. Nobody caught it except for anyone listening to the show. 
And for that, I personally apologize because it is my duty and my responsibility to keep all the rest of these dudes in line, uh, being the only doctor on the show. So I am so sorry for that. It will not happen again until it does. And then it does. That's just, just part of it. Things happen. It's, it's, I apologize. Let's put it that way. And Stompy's not here to apologize, but he also, he called him Jason Eason. I think he got the team right, but uh, the name wrong. So, Which yeah. tells everyone how much we don't care about <laughs> Jacob Eason at the Superflex Super Show. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, he is not on the radar because we don't even know what team he plays for, and we don't even know what his name is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and, uh, and yeah, before the show started, I was kind of talking about actually watching some film of Jacob Eason and feeling like the ball was just like really big in his look, just looked really big in his hand. I don't know why, like, I don't remember him having small hands. That was a Joe Burrow thing, but it just looked like he was throwing a medicine ball. It looked big and heavy. And then, yeah, it turned into a kind of a, a, you know, big, heavy balls and, it was like, all right, now let's just record. Here we are. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I know a lot of people that would actually prefer if their balls look bigger in someone else's hands. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Some people would say that was a good thing. So the balls are not the. The 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 beans the, and well, the all strength, goes. Though. It all goes with it. All goes with the territory. Yeah. I think we lost Brian. He's crying right now. So it's pretty well over. The show is off the rails. We haven't even started the tears, and we're already off the rails. Well, I've got tears, so <laughs> not the tears we're talking about tonight. So let's see if we can conjure up some uh, some of the other kind of tears for fantasy football purposes here. And uh, we we just it's real simple tonight, folks. We just want to tier the the uh, our quarterback rankings. Uh, it's uh, it gets particularly useful this time of year, and especially now that we we can include the rookies, it feels like an appropriate time to do it. Um, just because you know what uh, you know for for one thing, for if you're doing a startup auction, like to me, tiers is the only way to do this. That's the only otherwise you're going to end up overpaying for quarterbacks who are going to give you very similar production. Whereas, you know, if you if, if you if you tier these uh, these players and do it at every position, in fact, um, but then, you know, in your auction startup, for instance, you know, and you see uh, like Kyler Murray is going to be a guy that that um a lot of people are going to be pretty high on. He's going to go for a lot of money in those startups. He's going to go very early in startup snake drafts as well. Uh, but is there really that big of a difference between him and Dak Prescott? That's that's kind of what we're going to talk about here because you can get very similar production uh, from Dak Prescott that you would get from Kyler Murray at a at a huge discount so when you start organizing these players in that manner um, it's uh it just helps your it helps your process and it helps your ability to to build this roster in a startup uh, without giving up a ton of value so that's a big part of why to do this i mean there are tons of other reasons for it but uh primarily for those who are getting ready to do startups um and uh uh, you know, this, this 
also gives us kind of a chance to talk about our own rankings for these quarterbacks, but um, specifically putting them in tiers. So let's just jump into this, guys, and get to tier one for everybody, which um, I, I, I mean, we can just run through this real quick. Everybody just kind of give me your your top tier, and then uh, we can kind of discuss. Um, there's it, it looks like there's one name that's going to be slightly controversial here. So let's just run through it. Go Ethan, Brian, and John. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what John's has to say because I've been listening to Superflex dude for a while, and yeah, I just don't know if he knows his quarterbacks. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, for, I'm going to go chalk here. To me, there's two guys that really stand out. It's it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. And in the dynasty circle, anyone who's debating Mahomes right now is they're fighting a losing battle. The dude's a freak. Uh, he's he's a Super Bowl champion. He's MVP. I mean, he's got it all. Um, and and Lamar Jackson's the other one for me. I think right now in dynasty, he really is the the true cheat code. Uh, I think he scored almost a hundred points more than any other quarterback last season. I think that his touchdown efficiency will go down a little bit, but I think he's he's going to continue rushing more than anyone else, and I think he's going to continue to be highly effective as a rusher. Uh, that team is just building all around his speed, and that offense just keeps getting better every year. They, it, it's kind of frustrating as a Steelers fan to watch the the Ravens just continuously win at drafting every year, but they just continue to grab guys that I'm like, dang, that was great value. This year it was J.K. Dobbins. They got Devin Duvernay, who I I was a big fan of, and so it's just so frustrating to watch them. And they in, in, improve their defense um, in the first round, and so that's frustrating. <laughs> but uh, this team is just doomed to continue to score a ton of points. And Lamar Jackson is basically the cog that that uh, runs the whole thing. So those are my top two guys. What do you got, Har? Yeah, I, I have the same two uh, at, at the top, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You're talking about the last two MVPs of the league, um, both under the age, uh, 24 years old or younger, um, you know, that have their whole careers ahead of them, uh, assuming, you know, health, um, which I know, John, I, I think you're, you'll probably end up getting into uh, as a reason uh, why you might differ from us here in a minute, but um but yeah, I, I have these two guys. I agree with Ethan on Lamar Jackson in terms of his his efficiency in in terms of scoring touchdowns. Um, but I think what we saw last year with him running the football, I think there's I think there's reason to believe that at least it will be the same. And the yardage totals in terms of his passing yardage should probably go up as well. Um, in my opinion, so there's room to expand there, even if the touchdowns come down a little bit. So. Um, and, and yeah, Mahomes is just, I mean, he's up there. He, he's almost in a tier by himself. Not quite because I think LJ with what he did last year worked his way into that conversation. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the national football league at 24 years old. Um, and he should be people's one ones in super flex leagues unless they just, love somebody like Saquon Barkley so much that they end up taking him in a couple of leagues like this guy. But um, but Pat Mahomes is the one-on-one in Superflex leagues. Uh, so all alone in the top tier, Aaron Rodgers. I'm just kidding. I'm just Don't shut off the podcast. Settle down. <laughs> Not Aaron Rodgers. But Pat Mahomes, to me, is all alone in that top tier. 
the my uh there's going to be a rankings update after this episode i'm i'm finding out that i've got discrepancies in my rankings in the way i actually feel so and this is going to be one of them right now uh my rankings at dlf uh and i this is this there's going to be uh no more evidence of this by the time you hear this podcast but right at the moment i've got uh mahomes lamar jackson and russell wilson in that top three um and that's about to change i just to me pat mahomes is the only you know the only true difference maker out of these guys he's he's the only one who i would necessarily trade up to get like add to any of these other quarterbacks, even Lamar Jackson. Like I, I would not, I would not add to Russell Wilson to go get Lamar Jackson. I just don't feel like there's, you know, obviously we've seen an immense amount of upside. How many times is he going to get to that? seat? first of all, we just saw his, his ceiling. Is he ever going to get there again? I'm, I'm not so sure. And part of it is I just, I don't trust rushing quarterbacks. I, I'm also pretty sick of the term cheat code, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, we could use Konami code. Um, shout out to Rich Rebar. We can we can say Konami code. I'm not. I'll never get tired of that one. But uh, just the it, it be in Dynasty to me becomes far less of a, of a quote unquote cheat code because you know how long can you actually you know, rely on that. How, how sustainable is that going to be? And I just, I don't feel like it's a sticky thing. I don't feel like it's, it's going to be repeatable. You know, I, I think that the way that you're going to play the, the, the Baltimore Ravens going forward is to stop Lamar Jackson from running the ball, keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. And once that happens, if you're able to, to establish that type of containment, how well is he going to be able to throw the ball? I, I, I'm just, I'm not convinced. And I feel that way with a lot of these rushing quarterbacks. And it just, it, 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 it gives me, it gives me some, some anxiety to be totally honest with you. It just makes me feel like this player is not nearly as safe as, you know, what he's laid out to be based on his quote unquote rushing floor. I, I don't think that these guys necessarily have a rushing floor. I think there's a rushing ceiling, but I mean, at some point, I think that you you want your franchise quarterback to learn how to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. So it, 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 we're splitting hairs here at the top, but to me, Pat Mahomes has a much more sustainable style of play. <sighs> So the only thing I'd say, so so I understand what you're saying about Lamar Jackson in terms of his, I mean, he he runs the ball differently than some of these other mobile quarterbacks, right? So like Russ uh, and Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, I mean, they're all mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. That use his, their... His are designed runs, though. It, right. Um, his, are, his are more designed runs. Yeah. The, the thing, John, the only thing that I would say that I kind of disagree with is, so... I mean, were were teams not aware by week four of last season that the key to stopping the Ravens was to stop Lamar Jackson's legs? And if they were, I mean, I think they were. I mean, I, I think that was apparent. I mean, obviously what happened in week one in Miami was kind of 
flukish in a way, I guess. I mean, I mean, he kind of he kind of did it all year, but it, right. the, the the passing stuff was, you know, he, he he killed a lot more teams with his legs than he than he did throwing the ball. Um, you know, so I think by a quarter of the way through the season, I think most people figured, hey, we've got to keep him in the pocket. Pocket. We've got to stop him from running the football. They literally just couldn't stop him. Like that's that's the problem. The, the only argument for me with Lamar Jackson that makes a that, that does make sense is is he going to get hit at some point mm-hmm. and get injured severely to the point where it's going to change his career trajectory. For example, mm-hmm. uh Robert Griffin III. Okay. Robert Griffin III, and I'm not saying that that Griffin necessarily had the talent that LJ has, but he's he. I mean, they they were similar players, built a little different too. I mean, LJ is a bigger guy, um, you know, than than RG3. But you know, I mean, RG3 when he tore the knee up was a completely different play. I mean, it it ended his career essentially. So if he takes a hit like that, if Jackson takes a hit like that or gets hurt then yes, I, I certainly can see, you know, and, and the risk is might be slightly higher because he runs the ball more. The reality is any quarterback out there can tear an ACL by planting their back foot to throw the ball <laughs> or, or, or having a lineman roll up into them in yeah. the pocket. So the risk of injury to me is, is I mean, it's noted, and that I think is, is an argument that I can understand. Um, in, in terms of, in terms of his floor, his rushing floor, I mean, I, I legit think that that's the only reason Josh Allen is is relevant in yeah. in in Superflex leagues. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he it's because of his rushing floor, and some of these guys, and and LJ's different than all of them because he not only can he play the quarterback position and play it well and make the throws he needs to make, he can also tuck it and run, and when he takes off. I mean, more times than not, you're not tackling him. He's going out of bounds or going down on his own because he, people can't touch him. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, 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 it'll be interesting to see this year how defenses adjust. Yes. Um, if he does this again next year, are you having a different conversation? No. Yeah, I can't talk. Different conversation. <laughs> no. No, this doesn't go away for, for me until I, so he would have to have, this type of season with you know minimal rushing production for me that's the only way i feel good about it you know i because it, it wasn't that long ago where you know it was it was russell wilson and it was colin kaepernick like those were the guys that you looked at as as those those you know they were the mobile quarterbacks they were the konami code guys right and you know with obviously Kaepernick is a totally separate situation, but Wilson didn't even get hurt. They just said, you know what? This is our franchise quarterback. We we can't have him just taking off all the time. We can't have him taking those hits. We can't have him, you know, planting and and you know trying to juke and all the stuff that that can lead to those soft tissue injuries. We can't have that. We need this guy for the long term. And, you know, they went away from having him run the ball. They definitely got away from the designed runs. And they've really kind of kept him in the pocket for the most part. Uh, you know, they're, they're scrambling to extend the play. But it's very rare that you know, relative to what he was early in his career, 
it's very rare that you see him just take off and run anymore. And that's because they've kind of coached that out of him. And I think that, you know, it that's coming for Lamar Jackson at some point. What is it going to look like when we get there? Is it going to be, is he still going to be, you know, a top five option? Like I believe Russell Wilson is, or, you know, if, if, if he has to rely on his passing, is that going to drop him down into the middle of the pack? I, all I'm saying is because he's still my number two quarterback in dynasty. All I'm saying is you don't have that type of fear with Pat Mahomes, 24 years old pocket passer with mobility. He's, he's just, it's sustainable for as long as you want him. Essentially he, you're going to have Pat Mahomes, until your dynasty league ends, probably until everybody quits because they're pissed at the commissioner. That's going to happen before you lose Pat Mahomes. I will touch just real briefly on just the injury risk with quarterbacks. That is something that I've been interested in just because I think it, unlike other positions where there's a ton of different variables, for the most part, quarterbacks don't really get hurt outside of when they get hit. Um, you don't see a lot of non-contact. I mean, you will occasionally see in a non-contact ACL or something like that, but for the most part, the vast majority of injuries that happen to quarterbacks specifically come on sacks. And so the argument, I guess, that he's more likely to get hurt because he runs more um, only applies if he is going to get hit. Um, he's actually most at risk. The research says that he's most at risk actually staying in the pocket and getting sacked. Most of the time, those are because sacks come from, they can't protect themselves because they can't see the hit coming. And Mm -hmm. so they're reaching back and someone takes them basically backwards. And so they get hit from their blind side. And that's where the major injuries for quarterbacks usually occur. Um, I think could he still like tears ACL because he has a dynamic cut? Like absolutely, there there is the risk for that. But hmm. from what I've found in my research, the risk of him getting hurt on a sack is actually greater than him getting hurt on a designed run. Um, and then if he is scrambling, um, uh, basically it's it's about the same. So scrambling and taking a sack are about the same risk. Uh, for injury, just from the research that I've been able to find on the subject. So um, again, I think that it's, he's, if he starts taking more hits when he runs, that was always my biggest complaint with cam is that one, he was getting sacked a lot, but also when he ran, he was always trying to basically bully his, he was, he was doing what cam has always done, which is I am bigger, faster, stronger than everyone on the football field right now. And I'm just going to run over everybody like I did in high school, like I did in college. And when you get to the NFL, eventually that doesn't work. Like you're, you're basically trying to run over grown ass men and it just, you can't do it that way. You can't play that way. From what I've seen with Lamar Jackson, he doesn't play with that mentality of, I'm going to run over you. So he doesn't take those huge hits where he is initiating contact. And that is a huge difference. Um, I look at it with running backs a lot too. Uh, a similar guy that seemed like, man, I can't believe this guy doesn't get hurt more often was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he had a style that was basically, he didn't initiate a lot of contact with players. It was like, every time he got hurt, you never hit him big. You never got a huge, massive hit on him because he never really lowered his shoulder to run into a dude, uh, that was running full speed at him. And so because of that, he didn't ever really sustain, I know he's been hurt 
before, but he didn't usually get hit hard the way that some other running backs like a Darius guys, for example, get hit because they just don't initiate contact. That's already coming for them. Lamar Jackson runs that way. And so from an injury risk perspective, those are the habits that you want to look at uh, in establishing, okay, is this guy more or less likely to get hurt? Um, I don't think that it's a bad argument. And I like the argument that basically Mahomes, what you're saying essentially boils down to Mahomes' skill set will age beautifully yep. into his 30s and later, where Lamar Jackson's skill set eventually will not do that unless he improves on his passing, which I think. From what I've seen, it looks like he is trying to continue to do that, but it's never going to be, he's never going to be the passer that Patrick Mahomes is right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess I get, I get the argument and, and obviously there's still, we're talking about the top two quarterbacks. Just take one of those two dudes first and you'll, <laughs> you'll be good to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, like Brian said, he's, he's one one in Superflex dynasty. So, you know, 11 other people just don't even have a shot at Pat Mahomes. So, you know, again, we're we're absolutely splitting hairs here, but um, we'll just I'm just going to snake this thing because we can stay on Lamar Jackson here uh, when we get to my second tier, because he is he's he's number one in the second the second tier for me. Uh, that also includes Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. And, you know, I, I, I think that he's 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 safe for, you know, a. a uh, whatever your window is that you like to play dynasty in, I think Lamar Jackson is probably safe for that. I still think that there, there, there's more risk with him than there is with Pat Mahomes. You know, even if you play in like a five-year window, I think that you've got more risk with Lamar Jackson than than with Pat Mahomes. But uh, I still think that he's 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 still relatively safe over you know a shorter period of time, which is kind of how we tend to break up dynasty leagues anyways. And, and Russell Wilson at 31 years old, I, I think that he still fits into that window just fine. Um, the kind of the common thread with these guys, Jackson, Wilson, Watson, Wentz, Prescott is mobility. Um, most of them, there's also youth, Russell Wilson being the old man at 31. Um, but again, I think that that still leaves you with, you know, well over that five year, even if you do play in that five year window, I think you've got well over five years with Russell Wilson. And these guys do all have that mobility. These guys are good, proficient pocket passers with the exception of Jackson, but he, I think he makes up for it uh, with the, the rushing abilities. Um, so that's my second tier. Um, if you guys, uh, if you guys want to pick it apart, because there's one guy that you guys are going to talk about, that once again, I didn't make it into my second tier. Uh, you can uh, absolutely do that. Otherwise, we'll go to Brian's tier. Uh, yeah, so so the guy that John's talking about is Kyler Murray. Um, and yep. so, so my second tier is Watson, Murray, Prescott, and Wilson. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, again, the the arc it's it's going to be a similar argument, I think that that we just had over Lamar Jackson, it's play style, right? Cause Kyler, you know, the, the appealing thing about Kyler Murray is his, again, he has a rushing floor, right? So there's some, from a fantasy perspective, there's some safety there um, on a week to week basis for Kyler to, 
you know, have add some rushing statistics in every week. Um, you know, I mean, he had a hell of a rookie season uh, as far as that goes. Uh, I still have Deshaun Watson over him. A lot of people are really down on Watson right now, and I think obviously because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. That's why a lot of people are high on Kyler Murray too is because of the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins trade, uh, if we're being honest. I mean, I think, you know, if, if Nuke stays in Houston, I, I think everybody's still consensus has has Watson there in the top three. So, um, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about, about the weaponry there. I don't think it's as bad as it could could have been when they first did this trade. Uh, I mean, they're going to have Brandon Cooks now, Randall Cobbs there, uh, Will Fuller. You know, I mean, it's not an overly exciting group, but it's also, it's far from the worst receiving core in the league. So, um, you know, I, I think Watson will be fine. I think maybe he actually runs the ball more this year too, to be honest, um, which I know, John, you probably hate hearing that, but um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, again, and and look, that the guy that the guy for me, I mean, Russell Wilson deserves to be in this tier as well. And I could, I could make an argument if it wasn't Seattle, and the idea that I have no idea how many times they're going to throw the ball, (laughs) or or how they're going to use Rust. You know, are they going to let him loose and let him rip it, or are they going to run the ball? You know. 35 times a game. I, I don't know. I just, I, I really legitimately don't know the answer to that question. So um, that's the only reason that he's not higher in this tier for me, but I, I think you can make an argument for him all the way up to three. Um, and then Dak Prescott's the other one. And, you know, we, we talked on last week's show about, uh, about him, John, I, I had made a trade for, for Dak and um, felt really good about acquiring him. So, uh, you know, QB three this past season, um, realistically, I think that's probably his ceiling, but his floor is a solid, a solid, not wide receiver, a solid quarterback one, um, you know, with, with top five potential every year. So, um, I think it makes sense that he's in this second tier. Um, so again, Watson, Murray, Prescott, Wilson. All right. I don't have a huge argument. Uh, Brian and I actually have the same second <laughs> tier. So yeah, it's a little jumbled, but it's the same guys. Uh, yeah, it's the same guys. Um, I don't really have – I think the real argument here is Wentz versus Murray. Um, Jackson, obviously, we already talked about him. As far as us versus John, uh, <laughs> which is I will uh, I will already tell you. Looking at the rest of these tiers, it's going to be the theme it's gonna of the, happen of the a show. Lot. Yeah. Um, to me – the reason that I would I have Wentz uh, in the next tier, uh, and I have Murray up here as one age is a factor for me. Uh, Murray has you know a significant age advantage. Um, Murray produced at a level that I was, I mean, I was not expecting him to produce at that level as um, essentially a, a rookie who I wasn't even a hundred percent sure loved football. And so the fact that he came out and was the QB seven. Uh, is pretty impressive. He threw for 3,700 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns. And of course, adding that rushing floor is huge for fantasy football. Ultimately, we can debate on whether or not we like these guys as football players and we can debate about their teams. We can debate about a lot of things, but we're talking about fantasy points and Kyler Murray scores fantasy points. Um, 
and he showed that he is going to do it at a very, very elite level. And so uh, his there's nothing that has happened in this offense this offseason that tells me that Kyler Murray is going to be worse than the QB7. And so more than likely, he's going to be better. He has a better wide receiving core. He has a better offensive line. Uh, this The team as a whole is it's just better. He has a better defense there. They invest in probably the best pure defensive player overall defensive player in the draft. And so all of these things are going to lead to more success for Kyler Murray. And I think that the team is finally, you know, they have an offense that is going to score points. And so I think all of that leads to Kyler Moore Murray continuing to score a ton of fantasy points. And that's why he's in this tier for me. Um, I can't 100% say that I'm as confident with what is going on with Carson Wentz from an age, from a injury, and from a team perspective. I don't like it as much as what I like going on. What is going on uh, in Arizona? And so that's that was the split for me. Um, but these, I think, to me, the next six guys on you know basically the, these four and my next tier of two guys are all pretty much. I mean, they're right neck and neck. Yeah, I forgot about Carson Wentz that we had that difference too. Um, and and a big thing for me with quarterbacks, I mean with fantasy players in general, like it's a it's a proof of concept thing. We saw the breakout from Carson Wentz, quarterback three overall uh, in 2017, and that was you know after missing what the last two three games of the season, whatever it was with the ACL. Um, you know, he, he, I believe he was still the league MVP, if I remember right. And, uh, or maybe it was Brady that year, but yeah, I mean, that torn ACL just kind of threw everything off. But I mean, he was, he was well on his way to the MVP season in the same, the exact same type of breakout that we saw from Pat Mahomes the following year. So, you know, we've, we've seen this from him. Tyler Murray, it's still, it, there's, there's a lot of leap of faith when it comes to Kyler Murray and I don't know what we we'll talk a little bit more about him when we get to tier three here. But um, so I'll focus more on Carson Wentz because uh, you guys are both going to get to him uh, in this tier three, but just the reason that he makes it into the tier two for me is that we've seen it still relatively young, you know, for, for quarterback purposes, he's still, you know, he's, he's what, 26, 27, something like that. So, you know, he's, he's still relatively young. Uh, he's still relatively mobile. The big concern that people have had has been the injuries. And I believe he stayed, he, uh, I mean, he, he came out of a game in 2019, but I don't think he missed any, any starts in 2020. I, maybe one. Um, man, I should really just no. He's stuff. no. He started. It yeah. All he's Wentz. Yeah, Wentz started all sixteen games last year. Yeah, yeah. So you know the the injury stuff. That's that's what people like to hold against him is the fact that he missed the end of twenty seventeen uh, with the ACL. He missed the end of twenty eighteen with the back. And I just you know I, we we saw him. We've seen him. You know we we've seen the durability now we know that that's at least within his capability 
Um, he's he's consistently been a top ten quarterback. Uh, you know, as long as he's healthy, he still quietly finished as the quarterback seven, if I remember right, this year. So in 2019, you know, it, it's it's there's there's just this this high floor with Carson Wentz. He still has, like I said, he's still got that mobility. Now they're actually building a, a little bit of a wide receiver core for him too, to go along with those tight ends. And, you know, this is a very uh, adept group of pass catching running backs too. So, you know, there's, there's weapons, there's the system, um, there's, there's sustainability, there's proof of concept, and now there's durability as well. I just, it all kind of comes together for me for Carson Wentz. I feel like he's a very safe guy. He's a guy that I would feel great about as my quarterback one, uh, as my second tier guy. Um, uh, let's get to the, to tier three though. And like I said, we're just going to kind of snake it. So we'll start with Ethan. Um, I, I think now we're kind of getting to a point though, where part of the equation here is going to be your tier three guys are these guys that you're going to feel quarter, uh, comfortable about as your quarterback one in a super flex league. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing when you're talking about tiers is everyone tiers differently. So we all consider different factors. We all weigh things differently. And so for me, the the biggest difference from tier two to tier three is my trust in these two dudes. Um, I think from a talent perspective, you could argue that uh, my two, my next two guys, basically the only two guys I have in tier three, uh, Josh Allen and Carson Wentz from a talent perspective and from even an output, just fantasy perspective, they probably should be in tier two with the four guys we just talked about um, with Watson, Wilson, Prescott and Murray. Uh, but to me, I personally do not trust Josh Allen and Carson Wentz the same way that I trust those other four dudes to be basically a top five to top eight quarterback every single year for the next three plus years. Um, I personally trust those four dudes more than I trust these two dudes. Um, I will argue why that is with Josh Allen first. And, and to me, it's, I struggle with Allen because I feel like I've always questioned if he was as good of a actual NFL quarterback as he is a fantasy quarterback. Um, I, I, I think at this point I can't, you cannot deny that he is just, he's getting better every year and he is from an athletic standpoint. I mean, he is pretty, pretty damn impressive. I mean, he, there are not very many guys that are that big that move as, as fluidly as he does. Um, you know, he ran for nine, he ran for nine touchdowns on top of what he threw through for last year. Um, again, the, the, the touchdown to interception ratio was better this year than it was the year before. Um, and that rushing upside 500 yards, nine touchdowns. You just can't, you can't ignore that. And so I question it because I wonder, I always worry that eventually teams will sour on guys that are not crazy accurate with the football. And I worry about those players. I mean, we are not far removed from, uh, a guy like Jameis Winston being talked about as potentially a top five dynasty quarterback, and he couldn't get over the hump as a thrower. And now we're talking about 
you know, him being a backup and maybe he'll get a chance to start again, but maybe he won't. And so I worry about that being, if they put too much on Allen's shoulders, that being the case with him down the road, not immediately. Cause I think for right now, next two plus years, he's probably pretty safe, but if he has a bad season in the next two years, I worry, I worry about that personally. And some people will probably listen to this and be like, this guy is an idiot. There is no way. And Josh Allen is a beast. Bill, Bill's mafia. Hashtag Bill's mafia. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen is the next savior. He's going to win at the Super Bowl. They're going to throw you through a table for this. They're going to throw this guy through a on, table, off the, the top rope, <laughs> through the table, off the hell in a cell, through the table. That's going to be Devon, get the tables. That's just going to be me going through the table. Um, with Wentz, I do worry about the injuries. I think the team worries about the injuries. That's why they drafted Jalen Hurts. I worry about, while I think they finally did invest in some offensive weapons, I like Jalen Rager, I felt like I wanted more. Like I keep wanting more for Carson Wentz. Like I want even more offensive weapons. I want even flashier yeah. names. And so while I think they are slowly meticulously building an offense around him, I want like the full investment, like what drew lock got this year where they put three or four picks into the offense all in a row. And they're all really high quality picks. Um, so that is my concern with Wentz. That's my concern with Allen. That's why these two dudes are just a tier barely below my tier two dudes. Cause I just, ah, there's just one, there's like a little twinge of doubt for me. And I don't have that with the other four. But you still feel good about these guys as your quarterback one, though, right? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally cool with them, both of them, as my QB one for fantasy purposes. But I just have – I would be feel even better with those other – the top six guys that we've talked about. Totally. Um, but I still think that – I mean, they're – again, if you just go by total ranks, I mean, they're seven – QB seven and eight. So it's not like I don't like them. Yeah. It's just we're talking about tiers. And for me, this is like a baby jump down to it, their own little special tier before we get into what I consider the bulk of the QB class, which is our next two tiers. Yeah, for sure. And you'll have to let me let us uh, know how big of a drop that one is, too. We'll all do that. But let's get to Har. And uh, yeah, same question. I mean, this is your third tier. Um, besides the guys in it, uh, how do you feel overall about this tier as, you know, for your QB1 in a super flex? There's only two. So I have five guys on my list, and there are only two that I would feel okay with as my qb1 um in really? a super flex league yeah i i want those i those tops how many of them are there five six mm -hmm. top six quarterbacks you can bet your ass that i'm coming out <laughs> of the first round with, with one, one of those. with one of those guys yeah i mean there's they they, they uh, it's unlikely that all six of them are going in the first round so but um I mean, you can you can rest easy that one of them will be coming to my team <clears throat> in almost every case, uh, except those rare occasions where I take Saquon Barkley one on one. So, <laughs> um, but no. So the, my my tier here is um, it's Wentz, Jones, Burrow, Rogers, Allen, and Wentz and Rogers are actually the two that I I would feel confident in as my QB one like heading into a season, um, which I, I know kind of is, is it's strange that I ranked them the way that I did when Aaron yeah. Rodgers, you know, um, 
Well, and I wonder if these guys drop the rest of these guys drop into the next tier, then, or even even like. A, no, a, not not for me, and here's why. I I I typically, and and John, we've had discussions about this. Um, I don't worry about roster construction outside of getting a quarterback that I feel confident in in a super flex league. I draft for value because I always trade for need. You know, I mean, that's I mean, I know Russ gets the credit for for coining the phrase, but I also believe in that. And that's how I build my roster. So, um, you know, I would take Daniel Jones ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I would take Joe Burrow ahead of Aaron Rodgers um, because those guys are evaluated. Their value is higher than Aaron Rodgers value in, in dynasty circles right now. Yeah. Now they may not provide the same value to my team next year in dynasty leagues, but I've got typically, I mean, if, if, if startups are going on in whatever month they're going on, uh, you know, I've got several months to worry about my starting lineup. So I'm going to draft those guys ahead of Aaron Rodgers because again, I, I, I will, you know, then I'm probably also focused. I mean, if they're if they're my QB one, I'm probably also getting one of the guys in the next tier that I feel okay about or feel really good about being a QB two. You know, if I get one of those top six quarterbacks, then maybe you know I'm not worried about getting a tier four, tier five quarterback as my QB two. If I don't get one of those top six quarterbacks, and I don't get Carson Wentz, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Um, then I'm then I'm gonna definitely get a stronger QB two, so um, that's just kind of how I build my rosters. Um, I like Daniel Jones. I, I I think the the one guy that would surprise people in here is Daniel Jones and how high I have him. I just saw a lot that I liked last year, and I I think there is a stigma around the kid because of the whole situation about the Giants draft and and what they did in that draft. Um, you know. And and not taking a quarterback at two, the Saquon Barkley year, you know. So it's it it was just, it, it, I, I think a lot of people have a negative. Well, the, the Giants were absolutely stupid and and dumb because the the process wasn't right, right? So we, I mean, we get into process versus results things in fantasy football all the time, and and in and in real football, it's the same thing. The process was wrong. But I think they got the result that they were looking for taking a QB at six overall in Daniel Jones because this guy, I mean, he showed that he can make some throws, man, and he he can lead this offense. Um, and from a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to be a really good fantasy quarterback. I mean, how many games did we see him up over 350 yards last year? It was a, it was several in the games that, that he was, you know, that he was involved in. Um and I, I just I, I'm I'm excited about the kid. I think he's um I, I think he's gonna shock some people again this year. And if he has the type of season I think he's gonna have, you're gonna be talking about him in tier two next year too. Yeah. That's um well, I think that's a terrible opinion. So <laughs> thank you. That's cool. You know, it's cool. This is the thing with tears. It's like I always tell people you have to do your own tears. Because we can talk about tears all day, but ultimately you're going to like what you see from a guy more than I like what I see from a guy. And so it doesn't mean that they're, that you're wrong and I'm right. 
It just means that we value guys differently. And so if you're someone who really values Daniel Jones and and I'm the one who has Daniel Jones, the price is probably lower than what it would be if you were the guy with Daniel Jones and I was trying to acquire him. This is just this is just how fantasy football works. Um, for me, I think that while I like Daniel Jones, he I'm still waiting, I guess. I'm still I want one more year before I like fully dive in on like, okay, I'm good with Daniel Jones. Same way with, you know, he's where Josh Allen was last year for me, where I was like, man, if I could just get one more year of Daniel Jones producing at a high level, then I will feel like he could be in that like top 12 tier for me. Um, he's close, but he is not not there yet. Uh, not for me, at least. So I also want to, I I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I may have called him David Jones. Did I call him David Jones? <laughs> at least <laughs> once in there. I'm just, just going to be, we're, we're just, snake bit, man. I'm just, just making sure. I may have called him David Jones. If I did, I apologize. Oh, Daniel Jones, New York Giants quarterback. And <laughs> I apologize for not calling him on Come that. on, Ethan. Having Slack just again. said <laughs> that I would, but the problem is, is that I didn't catch it. And sometimes you guys talk fast. Yeah. And so I can't hear it. And I, you know, my brain's working too fast. I'm thinking about how I'm going to tell you about how he's an idiot. And I'm looking for some stuff to tell you, like, I don't know. That's a bad <laughs> idea. You know what I literally have pulled up right now is you talked about Saquon Barkley being a bad pick. And we were talking about process versus results. And the top two quarterbacks, the two sandwiched between Saquon Barkley or Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, the next quarterback that went was Josh Allen and then Josh Rosen. So for me, those four dudes and Lamar Jackson later, but we will ignore him for now because he wasn't a top 10 pick. Obviously, that was the correct choice at two, but come on, he went 32 overall. So th th clearly nobody was thinking that as an option. Right. Of those four dudes that went, I mean, are you happier with any of those four dudes without Saquon Barkley? Or are you happier with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones? To me, I think you have to at least consider that they made out okay with that. We can debate running back value all we want, but if you're gonna pay, you know, if you're gonna pay up for a running back, you gotta get a dude like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey. And so that it's like one of the best running back prospects of the entire of basically the entire NFL generational ever, talent ever. And so I can't argue with that pick um and if you look back and look at the quarterbacks that were available i don't think anyone else can really make a great argument that those dudes have panned out the way that they would have wanted them to had they definitely grabbed a quarterback there yeah if, if only they could have you know turned around and then picked lamar jackson then they would have really been cooking with fire but again oh hindsight God. 2020 oh, man jackson and barkley so gnarly gross um yeah <laughs> that that would have been that would have been something um man i could argue with both you guys on so much stuff after that quick segment but we don't have don't really have the time to get to it but one thing that did kind of come up here we probably should have qualified you know how exactly we're tiering these players because i think that that's important and i like that we've got multiple kind of processes covered here so brian is going off of value which you know, by the way, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield and uh, and Tua probably are going to end up being higher for most people, like higher in market value than where you've got them. Kind of think Rodgers might be lower. Jones might be lower, too. 
but either way, like I, I like the fact that we're kind of we're we're looking at at value, um, tiering these guys based off of what you're going to be able to get in return. I personally am kind of going off of how I think they're going to perform. Like I'm, I'm using my rankings here and uh, which is, you know, they're based on essentially how are these guys going to perform over the next, you know, call it three years. And uh, that's, that's where my tears are coming from. So, you know, there's, there's definitely some missed opportunities when it comes to value. When you look at my rankings and, you know, in that case, Kyler Murray is way too low. Carson Wentz is way too high. Um, and there are a few others that are going to be way off. But um, I, I'm i going off of the guys that I want to take into the season. This is kind of the the group of guys that I'm comfortable with, you know, in um, in each range when my, when my pick comes up or, um, you know, when it's time for me to purchase another quarterback at auction. Uh, this is this is kind of the group of guys that I'm looking at. So for me, my final tier, uh, it starts with Aaron Rodgers. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I put him in tier three. What do you want from me? So did Brian, by the way. Uh, I just have him at the top of tier three. And I, like he's he's been punished in my rankings for sure by the fact that his own team hates him. I think, though, that there's still an angle here, the eternal optimist when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, but I think that there's still some angles here for Aaron Rodgers. First of all, they clearly want to get rid of him. I think they're going to find a way to do it after 2020. I think that's when they start to transition to Jalen Hurts, or Jordan Love, sorry. Man, and you guys didn't catch that one. Um yeah, I think that Jordan Love becomes your starter in 2021. Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else. I think that they're able to trade him. That's how they get out from under that contract and transition into a run-heavy offense with A.J. Dillon um, that Matt LaFleur wants to run because he's really stupid. I think that that's what's coming in 2021. So in 2020, with the writing on the wall, I there – Here's the thing, guys. There's absolutely no reason for Matt LaFleur to call a play in 2020. There's, it, there's, it's, it's a waste of his time and it's a waste of his breath because Aaron Rodgers is going to run exactly what the hell he wants to run because what are you going to do about it? Cut him? I, he's on his way out anyways. This is going <laughs> to be very uh, this is going to be the punk rock version of Aaron Rodgers i have a i have a feeling here in 2020 um but anyway so i i i think that there's still an angle for Aaron Rodgers to produce um somewhere near his ceiling in 2020 and then in 2021 he's on to a different team that's going to actually use him so so he's still there for me Jared Goff is also there he's just been the model of consistency he's been a quarterback one um three straight years now. I guess he just missed it in 2019, technically, in a down year where he had wide receivers in and out of the lineup. He had running backs in and out of the lineup, tight ends in and out of the lineup, and a banged-up offensive line. He still came out of it as a quarterback 13. There's a, there's still there's a very high floor with Jared Goff, and I think that there's still a, a an untapped ceiling, an unreached ceiling with him as well. Uh, and then uh, finally we get to Kyler Murray. And for me, it's just 
first of all, I, I, I don't think that we've really seen the floor with him. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins makes a huge difference, at least not yet. It, it, to me, he doesn't make a huge difference anyways. It's just not a an alpha wide receiver type of system. You run four wide, it doesn't matter who they are. You're still playing matchups. You're you're trying to exploit matchups. And- okay, uh, John, I'm sorry. I have to stop. <laughs> oh, so so <laughs> I understand what you're saying about the system. Uh-huh. You can't tell me that DeAndre Hopkins being one of the four wide receivers in that system doesn't create more matchup problems for a defense. I mean, you you're well, I mean you're gonna have. I mean, you're talking about one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah. Opposed to the scrubs that they were running out on the field last year with no disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, because I like Christian Kirk. But I mean, you bring DeAndre Hopkins in to play with those two players and that system becomes incrementally better from a passing standpoint. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't drop passes, period. Right. And Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray might complete 85% of his passes if he throws it within 10 feet of these two guys in the system. So I, 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 I don't, I want to let you finish because this is your, your tier and, and you, you were going along in the conversation here, but, but I, I wanted to say that I, I vehemently, is that the right term? Yes. With you yeah. about, about, DeAndre Hopkins not making a difference in that offense. His fantasy value may take a hit. Nuke's fantasy value may take a hit, but this Mm. does wonders for Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I just, I I don't, when it comes to creating mismatches, I just, I still don't think that there's that big of a difference when you've got four wide receivers on the field between, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk like there's he's he's still going to he's going to get their top cover their top cover guy I mean maybe you try and bracket him but like there's only so much of that you can do when you've got four wide receivers and a running back to cover so I I don't I don't think that you know from from a schematic standpoint I don't I don't think that it really changes the defense personally but so my other my other my other issue with Kyler Murray, we talked about the running abilities of Lamar Jackson, my concerns with that, uh, my concerns with possible injury risks. And, you know, it, it, it's it's not huge with Lamar Jackson, but these guys, they've got different statures. They've got different builds and they've got different running styles. Kyler Murray is all about speed. He's a little guy who if he does if he does get squared up on by a linebacker like it's 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 going to be a lot different thing than it is with Lamar Jackson you've got the combination of momentum you've got the size difference and you've got the fact that he's not elusive the way Lamar Jackson is he doesn't he doesn't cut the way Lamar Jackson does and he doesn't avoid contact the way Lamar Jackson does so it, it there's I've I've got injury concerns. I've got I I this is also just kind of me trying to correct for the fact that I feel like he's very overvalued and very overrated right now, considering how little we've seen of him. But uh I, this is still a tier that I would feel good about as as my quarterback one. Um it's not gonna happen because I take a quarterback in the first round and I think that one of 
like Carson Wentz is is kind of the worst case scenario for me with one of my top two picks. So so you know it's it's not going to come to a point where Rodgers, Goff, or Murray is my quarterback one. But I'd I'd feel just fine with either of those guys. Um, it gets a little bit tougher when we get into to tier four here, but um, I guess I better give you guys a chance to uh, attack Aaron Rodgers, defend Kyler Murray, whatever you got to do. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> Damn it, you just don't. Well, obviously, okay. So you're a tier away. Mm-hmm. We're we're a tier away from all three of your dudes. Yeah. So we're really pulling. I mean, from a rankings, if we were doing rankings, mm-hmm. we would be pretty close to each other. Like it really wouldn't be an argument. The idea is you, your tier is set up a little bit differently than my tier, and that's fine. Um, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. That's you know, it, it, if he gets a second team, a la like a Peyton Manning, a la Tom Brady. And he gets to choose where that team is. Yeah, like you could still be looking at four or five really good years with Aaron Rodgers. And even if he stays in Green Bay, you could still be looking at four or five really good years with Aaron Rodgers. So I can't really argue Rodgers that much in this tier. I can't really argue Murray. It sounds like to me, you are with you're with Murray where I was with like a Josh Allen or Daniel Jones this year where like, you just want to see one more year, like give me one more year before I'm a hundred percent sold. Cool. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Jared Goff is where we're going to have an argument. Oh, that's, I, I did not expect that one. I am sorry, but you're wrong here, man. Like <laughs> I, I want, I want to like Jared Goff, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. And I know he threw for a bajillion yards last year. The team was not as good as they were supposed to be. He had to. Um, but I just don't see it with Goff. I don't. To me, if I'm having, if I'm building a fantasy team, Goff is, Goff is one of those dudes that, to me, he, he, he screams like could be replaced in the next three years. Like they paid him really? too much. And they're regretting it immediately because now they can't build a team around him. They can't afford anyone. They're trading away people left and right. And even the people that they're trying to bring in, they can't, they're not going to be able to retool. We, the time to get rid of Goff was after that Super Bowl run because that team, if you just look at it from a purely money perspective, that team was built to succeed that year. And they pushed in all the chips for that team to succeed that year. And when they came up short, the team just can't financially stay put together. And so Goff was surrounded by talent. I mean, we were talking about three wide receivers in the top 24 in fantasy all at the same time, potentially top 12. There was arguments that they could all be top 12 at one point before I think Cup got hurt. They were all basically in the top 12, all three of those dudes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, you lose Cooks. You still got some some good wide receivers, but I'm not a big fan Jefferson fan. Uh, running back, okay, Cam Akers. I'm sorry, but I, I don't think Cam Akers is peak Todd Gurley. So you're not going to be able to rely, even if you still like, 
even if you like Cam Akers as running back, the offensive line that Todd Gurley was dominating behind that allowed Jared Goff all sorts of time to get the ball to these wide receivers is not there anymore. And I just feel like you're he's getting pumped, he's getting pumped up for things that he's done in the past, not looking at what is happening right now and in the future. And I think that he is a guy that we could be looking at in three years and going, man, what the heck happened with Jared Goff? Like he, he was supposed to be a top 12 quarterback and it's just like, he just doesn't, he's just not there. The value is just sunk down for three straight years. What happened? Right. So while he is in my next tier from a ranking perspective, we are pretty far apart because he is like barely clawing on to the last part of this next year for me. And so I just, I guess I just disagree that he is. I think we can't evaluate him based on the last two seasons. We have to look at where the team is right now, and where the team is right now is not going to a good place. Yeah, man, there, there. <laughs> you're right. There was a, it is kind of a where do you start type of thing. I, I won't go over all the salient points. I just, uh, the, the, the big equalizer for me is Sean McVay. I like, do we actually believe that he just forgot how to coach offensive football? I don't think so. They haven't replaced Jared Goff to this point. They haven't even like it, it wouldn't cost anything to draft a guy who you think could potentially push him. If you, if you don't like, you know, what you're seeing from Jared Goff at this point, they didn't even do that. You know, it would have cost freaking nothing to go get, you know, Jake Luton, for instance, like, and, and, and at least push Goff, at least, you know, plant the seed that like, this is a move that we're willing to make if you're, if you don't start playing up to our expectations. And it just, to me, it signals that they feel like he is playing up to their expectations. This offense needs to be retooled a little bit. Obviously the offensive line needs to be rebuilt. I agree with you on Cam Akers. I'm I'm not a, a huge Cam Akers fan, anyways, and I just I don't think that the situation is nearly as good as a lot of people think for him. the The wide receiver situation could definitely be an issue, and it, it gets even more concerning. I mean, Cooper Cup, I believe, is one of the two. Either Cup or Woods is going into a walk year this year, and then the following year, the other one's gone. So, um. It, you know, I, I, I think that they need to keep, you know, they're, they're, they're probably going to end up fully rebuilding that wide receiver core to a point where Van Jefferson very well could end up being the number one there within the next three years, two or three years. Um, but the, the constant is to me is going to be Jared Goff. Obviously there's a chance that, that I'm wrong on that one. And, you know, if, if, if he struggles the way he just did, which again, to me, it, that wasn't a terrible season. Quarterback 13 for fantasy purposes. Um, with, considering all the forces he had working against him, I don't I don't think that there are any red flags with that just yet. But you know, there's there's certainly a chance if if we don't see a bounce back, you know, in the next year or two. I'll, I will grant you that one. So I have a lot to say. <laughs> this is a man. We found a wedge issue here, man. We found a hot button. Well, so here's so here's my thing with golf and, yeah. and John. So 
You're one of my best friends in this in this whole thing that we do, right? You're gonna be mean to me right I'm now. Not, that's I'm that's not. what that means. When you start a, a sentence like that, <laughs> it means I'm gonna say something pretty messed up. Oh, no, so I, I'm not first. Gonna... Let me know. Let, <laughs> let me tell you, I love you. One. Yeah. yeah. Two, how could you be this stupid? That's <laughs> about to happen here. No. So I what what I would say is I think I think I'm starting to get you. Like, Uh-oh. so last year at this time, that's worse than call me stupid, by the way, last so Jared Goff, let's let's knock a couple things out about Jared Goff real quick. So first of all, the thing that is appealing to me about Jared Goff is the floor because yeah. the floor with Sean McVay. So you talked about Sean McVay being there. And I think for me, that's why Jared Goff has such a high floor is because Sean McVay is there and that offense is innovative and McVay can make an average quarterback in Jared Goff look really good. Okay. Yeah. In a good, and I'm not, and, and maybe even slightly above average. I mean, Goff has been, he, he had two good years. He had two pretty good years. So it makes sense coming off of those years to, to have him, elevated he was only a 25 year old quarterback i think he's 26 now but but so last season off season last non-point scoring season let me say it correctly was the off season of kirk cousins in our discussions okay yeah. and to me this is exact jared goff is kirk cousins that's exactly who he is he's he's a he's <laughs> a younger kirk cousins yeah I mean, when you look at statistics from from Cousins' days in Washington, um, even even you know the the so if we're looking at bell curves, I, I I've been looking at bell curves for the last two months on a daily basis. So if we're looking at bell curves here, that's not my fault, by the way. Don't take uh, that out on me. Jared Goff had, had he had peaked last season, right? And now he's had a little dip here. Okay, Cousins yeah. peaked in Washington. And then he had kind of a drop since he's been in in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. To me, these guys are very similar. They're, you know, they they throw for a lot of yards. Now the yardage for Cousins this year wasn't there, but the touchdown interception ratio looks really nice. Yep. Pretty much every year for him. Um, and in Washington, I mean, he had a couple of years where he almost threw for five thousand yards. He had a forty nine hundred yard season. Um, where he threw, I think, thirty touchdowns and and um, ten. No, that was that was last year in Minnesota, 30 touchdowns and 10 picks. The 4,900 yard season he had 25 and 12. Um, but some really nice statistical seasons Cousins had. And and to me, that's he he was a he was a high floor guy. I think he had a little more upside, to be honest, if we're talking him compared to Jared Goff, because I don't see the upside. I don't I don't think Jared Goff ever breaks into the top eight quarterbacks. I think he's probably not going to finish worse than QB 14, 15 for a couple of years, but I, I just don't see the ceiling. I think for me, when we're talking about a guy like Kyler Murray, that's the difference. He had in rookie season quarterback seven. Okay. Yeah. What does that floor look like? I mean, he's got to drop a long way to have a floor that's lower than, you know, quarterback. What a, a quarterback one. I mean, I think, he, I think he's going to be a quarterback one for a lot of years. So that's where we differ. I think, um, but, but the other thing that, that Ethan said, and I agree with, I know for a fact you absolutely value multiple seasons of success in the National Football League before you're willing to anoint these guys. 
you right. did yep. you did it with the the guy who's sitting on top of the mountain right now. Yep. It took you a year longer on the Patrick Mahomes train, and that's not a that's not a um uh, that's I, I'm not saying that in a negative way towards you. I'm saying that's the way you play the game. Your risk with quarterbacks, you know, you you like those high floor guys, even if it means that you're not getting the the ceilings that some of these guys might provide in year one that they're providing that ceiling. You know, if they do it a couple of years, then yeah, sure, you're willing to to buy into to to them and and maybe go get them, um, you know, for for that high price once they formed at that level you're not willing to pay the high price you know when you still feel like there's risk a lot of risk associated with the quarterbacks and that's fine I think that's a fine way of playing fantasy football and you've done really well in leagues that I've been in with you so you know it's it works um but but that's kind of just my sense on this on all of this just in the way that you think about quarterbacks and I don't I I probably haven't listened to anyone in terms of their process about quarterbacks and super flex leagues, I don't know that I've listened to anybody more than I've listened to you in terms of, I haven't always agreed and I haven't always done what you suggest, but I've listened so much that I think I'm finally understanding where you come from on these quarterbacks, you know, pretty, pretty clearly. Yeah. Uh, you so you showed remarkable restraint for one thing. I thought you were gonna make me feel like shit, and it's not in my <laughs> that really wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I mean that that is a big part of it. Um, I also am uh, I'm pretty risk averse. You know, I think that's a big part of why the rushing, you know, the quote unquote rushing upside for fantasy quarterbacks that doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um because I feel like there's a lot of risk there. There's a lot of variance in that particular skill set. So, you know, I, I prefer pocket passers. That's why Aaron Rodgers stays up there so high. That's why, you know, Carson Wentz is, is still up there, even though these guys are somewhat mobile, I still, you know, I, I still value the guys who, who, you know, stand there and throw the ball rather than, you know, getting me my fantasy points by taking off and running, on a busted play or even a designed run. I, I, it just, there's, there's risk in that. That makes me hold my breath and be like, Oh dear God, don't get killed. You know, if that's, if that's my fantasy quarterback, I'm I, I hate it when they take off and run. I love getting the points from Omar Jackson, but I absolutely hate the feeling of watching him run and feeling like, man, this could be the last time I get fantasy points for him this entire fantasy season. So that's there's a lot of value in Jared Goff for me just because of that as well. That you know, just the fact that he's 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 fairly low risk. He's he, to me, he's more Matt Ryan than Kirk Cousins. And I think you know the skill set for sure, um, the stature to me. You know the all all the abilities. The 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 big difference is Matt Ryan has at this point a better wide receiving group, but. You know, I, to me, they're they're very similar. And when I project these guys for what they're going to do in a given season, I think that I can get a lot closer to accurately projecting them than I can most quarterbacks. And there's significant value in that for me as well. So, 
Um, but anyways, we, we spent a lot of time on Jared Goff. Oh my um, gosh. I have even more to add, but I won't, we'll hold <laughs> off at some point this summer. We are going to do, we, we might have we'll a get whole back show yeah. on Jared on Goff. Jared Goff? Because, wow. Because I just, we are so fundamentally different <laughs> from our yeah. analysis of him. I'm sorry. I just, I have so much to say, but I'll hold it back. <laughs> But I just I I don't think we play fantasy football the same way, and it's like fascinating yeah. to me, and I think that's okay. But it's just uh, I just oh, uh, it's hard for me to like swallow my tongue with something like this because it's just like everything. You're, I'm just I'm just gonna stop because I, I just I want to say it. We're gonna bookmark <laughs> this at some point. We're coming back we'll to the Jared Goff discussion. You know what I think we need to do uh, at some point is get all all five hosts to the super show on an episode together and uh in the memory of the late great jerry stiller we're gonna do an airing of grievances we're gonna go over some of the players that we disagree on with one another and uh we're going to uh we're gonna hash this out once and for all um meanwhile i uh i need to go over my tier four here real quick and uh these so Here's the thing for me, tier three, those are guys that I would feel okay about as my quarterback one. They're more likely to be my quarterback two, though. And I would feel a lot better about my roster construction uh, if they are, uh, if they're my quarterback two. When we get to tier four, these are guys I would, I'd be okay with them as my quarterback two. Uh, But I think that in most cases, this is, these are going to be my quarterback three. Uh, and beyond. Um, most of these guys, several of these guys, I'm not going to probably get them as my quarterback three, but um, that's the, my ideal roster construction. These guys would be my quarterback three. So I've got Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa. We're allowed to say his name properly this week. Uh, we've got the guy who who mastered the art as opposed to the guy who defies uh, the reality of it. Um, but I've got those two guys back to back and I've got them in my rankings the exact same way. I still think I've got concerns about Joe Burrow and, uh, Tua to me is the more talented quarterback of the two. But anyways, Daniel Jones, uh, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield. Uh, then we get to Josh Allen, man, that's another one. Um, I've got him way down there. Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold, they're all in tier four for me. Those are all guys that I would feel good about as my quarterback three. Um, a lot of these guys I would even, a lot of these guys I'd even be fine with as my quarterback two. Um, but uh, I, I would feel a lot better about it if I start off with something like Mahomes, Wentz, and then and then one of those guys is my number three. I am struggling because you just said you're risk averse when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. And then you said you'd take, you have Tua over Burrow and you talked about how you don't <laughs> like quarterbacks that get hurt. And then yeah. you have Tua over Burrow. He already got hurt though. Uh, yes. But the <laughs> likely it's the best predictor we have of future injury. Uh, my brain's going to explode. Um, I'll just talk about well, my you tier didn't here. Tell me that part before we did these. That's like that's like if I had a catchphrase, that would be the catchphrase. 
injury history is the number one predictor of future injury risk. That is the best thing. That's why I put a hundred page plus page guide out, which you can go buy now um, on rookie injury histories because it's so important. I was just letting you pump that up, man. That's all I was doing. Because it's the most important thing we have. It's the most important thing we have to predict future injuries is injury history. And so, yes, I do spend hours and hours and hours researching it. It's the best thing that I provide for the fantasy community. And when you so blatantly ignore that in your analysis, I get really offended because I put my heart and soul into that. Anyway, I will talk about my tier next. Um, I don't really have a problem. At this point, there's so many quarterbacks that I think are all in this like huge mega tiers that I say we just we just bust them all out and and just get through it. Uh, to me, I have tier four of Burrow. Um, the reason he's not in tier three for me is just because he's a rookie. I don't I don't I don't know. I think he is very easily could jump up into tier three if he has an amazing season this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' age is a concern. Obviously, I think that, and I told you guys before the show, I do think that there could be a likelihood that he has told the team something that is not public knowledge about his expectations for how long he plays. And that is what prompted them to grab a Jordan love when they did. Um, Rogers could have told them, Hey, look, I got two more seasons. Like we're going to try to win a super bowl. Let's go do it now. Um, or he could have said, Hey, when my contract's up, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go somewhere warm. Uh, a la Tom Brady. Um, so I think that there, there could be something at play here with Rodgers. Uh, that concerns me. I've Matt Ryan here. Again, age is the biggest factor. We're talking about dynasty age matters. Um, I've Baker Mayfield. I loved Mayfield coming out, but I'm still waiting for like, I th- I'm still waiting for him to show me something more. Um, he has all the weapons. This is kind of a make or break year for Mayfield where I feel like Burrow could go could go shooting up these rankings. Mayfield could go shooting down if he can't put it together this year. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think the argument you had for Jared Goff is my argument for Matthew Stafford. I think just consistently he's going to always, his floor is very solid. As long as he's playing, his upside is top 12 quarterback. His downside is top 16 quarterback. Uh, Those are the kind of guys that I love as QB2s because I think they're going to give you big weeks and they're never going to kill your team. But Ethan... The biggest predictor of future injury is past injuries. So part of the reason why Stafford is not in the tier three for me is because I am a little concerned about his injuries. Um, he's just consistent. He To me, he's a, a QB2 that could be a QB1, just mm-hmm. like Jared Goff, who's also in this tier. Uh, Tua, C, Burrow, uh, add injury risk. Again, could go shooting up. Um, if, he's, if he puts together a healthy season, absolutely. Um, I would not have Tua over Burrow, um, but... I think that you know being in the same tier makes sense to me. Uh, I also have Daniel Jones in here as well. He's kind of in the the Baker Mayfield um, category for me, where he could go up, but if he has a bad year, he could go down as well. Brian, what about you? Yeah, so uh, my tier here: Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Tua Baker, and Jared Goff is at the end of this tier for me. Um, you know, the, the two older guys, Ryan and Stafford, are are two guys that are just, they're solid. They're solid high-end QB2s. Um, you know, when I talked earlier about if I took, if I didn't get one of those top six quarterbacks, um, or maybe Carson Wentz as my QB1, then I would be targeting one of those two guys. Um, 
you know, it at, at QB two, so that I had a really solid quarterback too. Um, and then the other guys in this tier again are, you know, it's a combination of potential upside and also high floor with Jared Goff there at the end. Um, the, so the the weirdest player here is Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is one season away from jumping all the way up into tier two <laughs> or literally dropping out of every tier there is. I mean, he's this year is make or break for Baker Mayfield. We're, we're, we're going to be either talking about him like we are about some of these other up and coming young stud quarterbacks, or we're going to be talking about him in the same vein as Mitch Trubisky. That's just the reality of what is going to happen here. So he's the most interesting one to me in this tier. Um, and it really could go either way. And I think the season that they have and the season that he has will determine that. Yeah, this tier is interesting for me. I think this is the tier where if I don't get one of my top guys, I want two of these dudes bad. Um, ideally three. If I could get three from this tier, if I miss out on a top guy, I want three dudes from this tier and I'm probably taking them. You know, this is that group that's going between rounds four and eight. And I would take three quarterbacks. Uh, if I could get, if, if they're still sitting here, I want three of these dudes. Um, I don't think you could get all of them in that range. Um, a guy like Burrow right now is just getting way overhyped. You can't, you can't draft him where people are taking him right now. Um, but I think if I'm building a team, I want three of these dudes to build it around. Like that is a solid yeah. group of quarterbacks. Um, and I feel confident that that will be those three dudes from this tier, especially will be my quarterbacks going forward for the next three or four years where I don't really have to worry about quarterback at all. Yeah. I also think that, you know, I, I, I said that for me, these are going to be like quarterback three type of guys. Um, but if you're not into the quarterback heavy approach, uh, which I, I, I get it, you know, people are still resistant to it. It, it feels, it feels just kind of disjointed and, uh, and, and weird, but uh, it, trust me, it works. But if you're not going to do that, I think that if you went Mahomes with your first overall pick, uh, this is the type of guy like you could you could really wait until you know again that fourth fifth round is is kind of where these guys are going to go and grab one maybe two of those guys and I like I think that these guys fit very well with with Pat Mahomes I think these guys all have quite a bit of upside um, they're they're still a little bit of risky uh, a little bit of risk with with each of these guys so you know I think that. Uh, Pat Mahomes kind of balances that out with his high floor. So, um, but we'll keep snaking this and go back to Brian for your fifth tier. Yeah. So tier five for me, uh, we have a mixture of couple old guys, uh, really old guys, older than me guys, which is getting less and less frequent here <laughs> as I age. Um, and then, and then some young, young guns. So, um, so Drew Brees starts off this tier for me. I still think he's going to play another two seasons. And with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton and just the weapons in that offense, um, I think he is going to be a good quarterback for fantasy for another two years. Um, so he leads off this tier. Uh, I got Drew Locke next, Sam Darnold. Uh, so there's your young bucks. Uh, and then Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. What do you got, Ethan? 
Uh, yeah, tier five. I got a lot of same guys. Um, to me, these are guys that, again, I'm happy to have as my QB two. I'm not as thrilled if they're rolling in as my QB one, um, but they're probably going to put put up you know some some weeks that I think are going to be you know QB three weeks that you're not you're not thrilled about. Um, the floor is a little bit lower. The floor could really bottom out on a few of these guys. But um, I've got Drew Brees here, um, pretty much the old guard. So you got you got Brees, you got Brady. Um, for sure. And then you got a lot of guys that I think either one, we know what they are or two, we have no idea what they are yet. Um, so I've got, you know, the know what we are. Uh, I've got Kirk Cousins, um, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, um, Derek Carr. Those are the dudes that we just, we know what those dudes are right now. I mean, they're QB twos. You're happy to have them. You throw them out there. They're not going to probably win you a ton of weeks. Maybe Tannehill, if he can keep the steam rolling, but for the most part, what we've seen, we, we know what we're getting with those dudes. Um, and then we don't know what they are yet. Uh, I've got drew lock here. Drew lock has all the potential to be, you know, an elite quarterback this year. He has no excuses. He's like Baker Mayfield. You got no excuses. Now the team is built around you. Um, Sam Darnold, I think, uh, again, being young, keeps him up in this tier. Um, we haven't seen him with the weapons that he's going to have this season. They they invested in Brashad Perriman. They still have Jamison Crowder. They drafted Denzel Mims, which I liked. So um, I'm curious to see how that rolls out for Darnold. I like that they got him Mims because Mims is a big wide receiver that is basically a jump ball guy that has the athleticism to bring down a lot of those jump balls and Sam Darnold is a gunslinger. He will throw the ball to the outside. And so I think they could match up very, very well. Um, Herbert, same kind of idea. I think he's got all the tools, but we just don't really know exactly what's going to happen um, with him yet. Um, and then I have Garner Minshew and Dwayne Haskins here as well. Um, both those dudes, I think I like a little bit of their game, but I just, I need to see a lot more to really have them bump up into that. What I would call the stable, happy, happy to have them happy to start them every week quarterbacks that were the guys in my tier four. Yeah, my tier five is similar. Um, the big thing is, like, I mean, like you said, these are mostly known quantities. It's it, The big thing is there's not a whole lot of longevity for a lot of these guys. Um, the one exception being Justin Herbert, and it's it's more of a, what is he actually going to be? I, I'm not so sure yet. So, so it drops him down a tier below Burrow and Tua for me. Um, I still think that he's, you know, he's obviously got long-term starter upside, but um, just just to mitigate risk a little bit, I'm putting him in a group with a bunch of a bunch of guys who, you know, maybe they're going to be long-term starters. Um, some of them, some of them are absolutely not. Um, but it starts with Cam Newton. the 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 big thing for a lot of people is the fact that he's not on an NFL roster. And I think that that's scaring people unnecessarily right now. He's going to end up as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I think I'm sitting here with two Pittsburgh fans who will probably back me up on the fact that he's probably going to be the quarterback of the Steelers here in 2020. Um, meanwhile, I've got Justin Herbert, like I said, uh, and then some older guys, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, and then uh, Gardner Minshew still makes it in here just because I'm still not totally sold on him as a long-term starter. And I am i don't know how sold Jacksonville is either. Uh, there, He's obviously going to get all of 2020, and he's probably going to go in as an incumbent in 2021. But, man, there's a good chance that he's got one of the elite 
rookie quarterbacks pushing him in 2021. Um, maybe just pushing him straight out. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, it's kind of the same thing, you know, relatively young. He's, he could be a long-term starter, but it's kind of not that good in my opinion. Uh, and then finally Drew Brees, um, him and Brady both, I think we're, we're probably going to get a year, maybe two out of those two guys. So that's what knocks them down to tier five is just the fact that you might not get them more than a year or two. Uh, and then tier six, um, this for me, this is, these are guys who are either going to be long-term or, uh, or very short-term either. You're going to get them as a starter right away, or you're going to get them as a starter later and kind of from then on. So, um, we've got, uh, actually I need to change one real quick. Okay. Uh, Dwayne Haskins who, uh, you know, with Kyle Allen there, I think he could get pushed for that starting job in 2020. Philip Rivers, uh, depending on how the Colts are able to perform, there's a chance that Philip Rivers gets replaced, you know, some somewhere in midseason, and then he's just kind of done. Uh, Derek Carr, to me, with Marcus Mariota there, um, we already know that John Gruden doesn't particularly like Derek Carr. I think there's a quarterback change coming, at least one co- quarterback change coming in 2020. They might bounce back and forth a little bit with that one, a la Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick two years ago. Uh, Nick Foles, kind of the same thing. I think he's the starter in Chicago, but what kind of leash is he going to have with Mitchell Trubisky still there? Uh, Jameis Winston, who right now is a backup to Drew Brees, but if you get Brees for one year and then Winston takes over as the long-term starter. Um, Jordan Love, kind of the same thing. If Aaron Rodgers is gone uh, after the 2020 season, Jordan Love takes over as the starter there. Marcus Mariota, who, I like I said, I think he pushes Derek Carr. And Jacob Eason, who is uh, to me, he's first in line behind Philip Rivers. Uh, if it's a, if it's a lost season, if if he goes down to an injury and they're actually competing for that division, I think that it's Jacoby Brissett. But if this becomes the type of of team that if, if they're too far behind in the standings, I think that they skip over Brissett and go to Jacob Eason. Eason is dead to me. Um, it's <laughs> He's Brian's got those big, heavy balls. That that's definitely it's, that doesn't show up on his athletic profile, but it should. He's dead to me. Uh, <laughs> it's Brian's turn for his so, tears, but I had to say that because I just yeah. want everyone to know. That's so fair. I I have one comment, uh, John. If if you ever have a son, mm-hmm. uh, he he absolutely will be named Marcus Roger Hogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, a- after after Marcus Mariota and Aaron Rodgers, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. It's, that's true. That's factually <laughs> correct. Yes. Um, having said that, uh, my final tier, the, so Jimmy GQ is in here. Teddy Minshew cam Justin Herbert's in here as well, but I probably tiered him down a, a, a tier too low. Um, stepping into LA there uh, with the chargers. I think he's, more than likely going to take that job uh, beyond this 2020 season. Um, obviously, being a top six pick, you know, Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be on a short leash, I think, in in L.A. Um, and Herbert has an opportunity to to jump right in there as a starter. And, you know, he, he would elevate immediately uh, when he does. So 
Um, I probably have him too low, but uh, these are just starting quarterbacks in the National Football League is what we're talking about here. I mean, Cam, like John said, I I also believe that he's going to land somewhere where he's eventually going to start. If it ends up being Pittsburgh or a place like that, then he probably sits behind Ben Roethlisberger uh, until Ben decides to hang him up, uh, which hopefully he does in two years. Uh, But Outside of that scenario, I mean, I, I do think Cam Newton lands a starting job in the league sooner than later. I think he's just biding his time right now and making sure that the fit is good. Um, and the rest of these guys, like I said, I mean, Bridgewater just signed a big contract to be the starter in Carolina. Weapons Gardner everywhere. Min- Gardner Minshew, <laughs> Gardner Minshew uh, looks to be the starter in Jacksonville, at least this season. I think they're going to give him a real shot. Uh, they have a lot of needs there. So, um if Minshew can show that he can be a decent quarterback, then they may, you know, they may stick with him for several years. I don't know. Um, I didn't put Nick Foles on here, but he should absolutely be in this tier as well. Um, you know, and then, and then same thing with Garoppolo. I mean, a starting quarterback, but not one that inspires much confidence, at least in my mind. I mean, he had, I think, 40% of his touchdown passes against the Arizona Cardinals in two games last year, and they had an atrocious defense. So, um, you know, so he, he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. But these are all guys that are starters, though, um, at least for the 2020 season, if not moving forward. So that's why they're in my tier six. I dig that. Again, um, we, we talked about it a few times, but just people tier things differently. So for me, uh, this last tier is is what I would call the tier of guys that I'm okay with rostering in dynasty leagues, but I'm not expecting to have to start unless it is an emergency and some things break right for any of them. Um, so I have Cam Newton here. Again, I think he is going to have to sit behind someone. I think the NFL has told us that basically either one, his medicals aren't checking out, or two, they don't trust him to basically be ex- accepting of a backup role. And so if he, I think he will change his tune when he realizes that he has bills to pay and he's not going to get paid unless he is signed to an NFL contract somewhere to be a backup. Um, but I think that Cam will probably at least get a chance to play in games this season for someone. And so that he should still be rostered in dynasty. Um, Tyrod Taylor, again, you know, potentially starting the year could, could give you seven or eight games to start the year. Um, as you know, we'll see what the off season looks like. If they, you know, if they don't get a chance to get these rookies in, we could see quite a few guys that we were maybe expecting the rookie to start that they sit for a while, just because the just off season has been screwed up. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, same, same, basically the exact same argument as I just had for Tyrod. Um, I put them together, but uh, Nick, Mitch, Fulbitsky here, uh, Nick Foles, uh, Mitch Trubisky, both of them, I I don't – you have to roster them because they're starting quarterback. One of the two will start. Um, I wouldn't trust any of them past this year. But, again, if you absolutely have to have a second quarterback – you know, they're going to be playing in football games. And so uh, you you should be rostering them. Uh, I put Jared Stidham in this group. Um, I know we haven't talked about Stidham very much, um, but he's one that I feel like, you know, obviously they trust him to play some games and to start. And so he should be rostered. He should 
absolutely have a role. I'm not going to like go out of my way to get him, but if you're drafting, he's a guy that, you know, for this season, at least it looks like he's going to play. And so he should be on a team. Um, Jameis Winston, again, probably going to take a breeze injury for him to play this year. Uh, but if an injury happens to breeze, you're talking about fantasy gold. So he's one that I'd be making sure that I have on my rosters. If I can get him at a cheap price. Um, same thing with Andy Dalton. I don't know what's happening with this DAC contract situation, but it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere fast. Um, Andy Dalton is a viable backup, one of the better backups in the league. Um, don't think he's going to start without an injury, but you have to have him on the roster because that offense is really, really good. Um, and if he were to slide into it as a starter, he would be worth something in fantasy. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, two dudes that just didn't, end up in good spots they're probably not going to start immediately but because of their draft capital they should be on rosters um, as a back-end stash they obviously have the pedigree to start if given the opportunity we'll just have to wait and see when that is and then i put philip rivers in here because i think philip was rivers is pretty much done um this is it for him last year uh probably going to start and so Again, if you need a year of a guy as your QB3 or QB4, this is this is the guy to uh, to go out and get on the cheap. So, and I, I love this tier, by the way, because uh, it inclu- it, it, it kind of wraps it up for, at least for me, like the my last tier is going to be a lot of the guys that you've got here, like Tyrod, Fitzpatrick, Stidham. Um, you know, even Trubisky it still fits in there for me just because – like these are all guys who are are going to play, going to start, you know, multiple games. Like that, like you said, they belong on rosters. So um, even though I I it takes me one extra tier to get to that point, uh, that's that's essentially where where I'm at. Like these are guys who, you know, again they they belong on rosters um, by the by the time the startup is over. And that's it. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Is that is there anything we need to add, or do we just? Yeah, man. I think. Yeah, I think we got it covered. I think we got it covered. Nice. I really do. Yep. This was a fun one. Yeah, yeah, and I like I said at the top, I think it's a really important one too. I think this is this is kind of the key to making sure that you're going to get a roster build that you feel comfortable with coming out of your startup. If you target one guy and you miss that guy, which it, I'll, I'll be honest, like I've been guilty of that. Aaron Rodgers is kind of my linchpin. It has been at least um, in past seasons. Last year I did a, a redraft league with Ryan McDowell and he asked me, he had the pick before me and he asked me what happens if I take Aaron Rodgers right there. And I said, you turn this into an 11 team league because I don't know what the <laughs> hell I'm doing anymore. Um, it's not the case anymore, but you know, a big part of that is tiering these quarterbacks and, you know, getting comfortable with the idea of taking any of the quarterbacks within that range at the proper value. So that way, you know, it's not as devastating if you get caught at the end of a run, it's not as devastating if you get, you know, outpriced on, on a guy that you were targeting in an auction, because there's another guy available quite a bit cheaper that uh that's still available to you within that same tier so uh very useful stuff um but with that we're going to wrap it up for the week 
Uh, so, so subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed. And then do us a huge favor. Uh, rate and review the show. Help us get more people and touch on more topics that are useful uh, to you, our super friends. Get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Uh, you can also hit us up individually. Ethan's at EturnerFF underscore PT. Brian's at BrianHarFF. And I'm at SuperflexDude. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.